Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent nature of the things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the 10th episode of the first season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. I'm your creepy host, Kayla Bolash. Eric and Jordan cannot make it with us today. Uh, so we've been on this theme of bloodthirsty people, cannibalism, serial killers, and I thought this next episode would be prominent because it's coming out the day after of the 27th anniversary of his death. Today, we are talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, a.k.a. The Milwaukee Cannibal. Jeffrey Dahmer was convicted serial killer and sex offender, murdering 17 males between 1978 and 1991. Jeffrey Dahmer shocked the world as this was one of the first public court cases of modern-day cannibalism. Jeffrey Dahmer would lure young men, as young as the age of 14, to his home. He would promise them money for pornographic photos or even sex, but those men never left. They were then drugged, strangled, beaten, lobotomized, dismembered, and some even eaten. So I know, Kayla, you are a little obsessed with Jeffrey Dahmer. I do have a slight obsession um, with the history of Jeffrey Dahmer, both his crimes and his his childhood as well, which I found really interesting. Um, There isn't too much on his childhood, so you really have to go off of what he said about it, um, and even friends, teachers, and parents which a lot of the time um, have a lot of contradicting statements. So everything that you learn about his childhood, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because everyone disagrees on how he was raised. Right, and his family kind of moved a lot, so no one really knew him for a very long period of time. Nope. Um, All I know about uh, his uh, childhood, he was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on May 21st, 1960 to Lionel and Joyce Dahmer. Uh, I believe his father was a chemist, Mm -hmm. which is kind of how, at an early age, Dahmer got access to certain kinds of acids and chemicals, which he used to kill uh, stray animals. Correct. Yeah, so he actually, it was um, at the dinner table one night. His dad was in college for a while in his early years, so Jeffrey was raised by his mother, who was struggling with a lot of mental health issues. Um, and also had a very hard time not being the center of attention. So when her husband would come home from college and work, he would want to dote on his son, but his wife could not have that and required his undivided attention. So because of that, Jeffrey really became his only friend. Um, He really internalized a lot of his emotions. He was raised in a very religious household that was against um, any form of homosexuality, so he had to suppress that for a lot. And then at dinner one night, he asked his dad, well, how would I preserve these chicken bones if I wanted to make them nice and keep them? And his dad, being a scientist, was like, oh my god, yay, my son is interested in science. Yes, I'll show you how to do this. And he showed him how to um, essentially melt the flesh off of roadkill and preserve the bones in various acids. And he filled his entire shed with dead animals that he had found and he would constantly show neighborhood kids all of his collected 
bones and animals. I'm sure the neighborhood kids didn't really find it as cool as he did. No, um, they really were concerned more than anything, uh, but Jeffrey's dad was very adamant that it was just his scientific exploration and that there was no harm, but little did his dad know he was um, mutilating these animals prior to doing any form of experiments on them. Essentially torturing them while they were alive. Absolutely. Before he melted the skin off with acid and bleached the bones and kept them as He had a constant obsession with figuring out what was on the inside of living things, which um, a little thing that not a lot of people know about he did have a double hernia surgery at the age of four years old. Right. That was, was never explained to him as a child. I, I have I have here that uh, he was described as energetic and happy mm-hmm. before that surgery. And then yeah. after the surgery, he kind of, his so, entire demeanor changed. I mean, if you think about it, as a four-year-old, you're just dropped off at the hospital one day and told you're having something removed from your body that's not supposed to be there and just brought home. That's worrisome. I'd be pretty concerned about what is being removed from me too. Um, so there is like the speculation that his whole obsession with internal organs and bodies in general stemmed from him not really understanding his surgery fully right. as a child. Again, it does not discredit anything that he did. It is all malicious and disgusting. But it is interesting to learn about the things that he kind of went through as a kid and how it kind of does go hand in hand in the things that he ended up exploring with later. Right. And then later on, I see Dahmer explains his compulsion towards necrophilia and murder began at the age of 14. Um, but many people speculate that the breakdown of his parents' marriage kind of catapulted those feelings. Yeah, so from interviews that I had listened to with him before, there's a really good interview um, that I had found. It was one of the only ones he ever did that was, I believe, like 30 or 40 minutes long, which was pretty interesting. Was that the one, was that the the Inside Edition one? Yes. That one is fantastic. It is so good. Um, I love, I shouldn't say I love, I enjoy how open he is about what he has had done. Um, not because it's great to hear someone brag about it, but the way he did speak about it was always very factual he never seemed like he was getting any kind of enjoyment out of talking about his crimes. He seemed more embarrassed by them than anything. Yeah, he said he knew what he was doing was wrong. He exactly. was disgusted by his actions, but it, it was a, an impulse that he couldn't control. It was. I personally feel like um, the abandonment that he dealt with a lot as a child and the whole surgery situation is what led to his spree um he does talk about how his first murder was committed when he came home from high school and found out that both of his parents had moved out of the house and no one took him with them so he was now about 17 or 18 years old living in his family home as an alcoholic in high school completely abandoned by both of his parents because neither of them thought to take him with them when they left. Yeah, and that kind of explains a lot because in that interview, he explains that all these young men that he tortured and killed, he wanted control over them. It was always control and not wanting to be alone. Correct. He wanted to keep them, which is why in some of the men, he tried to induce a zombie-like state on this plane between dead and alive so that he could keep them with him. Correct, yeah. And I mean... 
the murder was never something that he enjoyed. He spoke multiple times about the fact that he needed to be completely inebriated to commit these crimes because he was disgusted and he did not want to inflict pain on people, but he could not stop himself from what he was interested in and he was interested in human remains. He kept skulls as trophies, genitals as trophies. It's, it's kind of strange because he didn't have this urge of cannibalism at first. It kind of just something that happened halfway through these through these murders. Yeah, he always said it was more of something that he was curious about in a sense of keeping them with him longer, which I guess he isn't really familiar with how yeah, how he, your stomach works. But <laughs> um, he did say eating them, he felt like those men then became a part of him. Yes, yeah. Which again goes into wanting to keep them and not wanting to be alone. Yeah, there I think is... that is what stemmed or started my entire obsession with Jeffrey Dahmer is the fact that there is so much backstory that goes into what he did. He did some heinous things, but I can understand how someone who is mentally ill and already has these things in their brain, how it could lead to that. Yeah. Speaking of eating people, there's one of my favorite quotes by Jeffrey Dahmer. And I hate to say favorite because everything he did was awful. I don't want anyone to think that we like what he did. In it's no all, way. No. It's all awful. It's just very interesting to us. Um, but this quote is, I ate someone with a tattoo once. The ink made the meat taste like shit. Eat garlic to avoid vampires. Get a tattoo to avoid cannibals. I guess we're safe. And we're pretty safe <laughs> over here, I guess. We can mark ourselves safe on Facebook from cannibals. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I thought one of the most interesting things in his kind of profile that he had with his victims was that even from day one, the way he picked people up never really changed. No, and he was kind of crafty. He was. He, he, the he, first he... one was a hitchhiker that was, hey, you want some weed and beer, and then I'll take you to your concert. No yeah, big he deal. Would also, he would always promise them something. Yes. To take them to his to his place. Whether or his grandma's place. Or sex yeah. or whatever. Um yeah, so he's definitely crafty with how he picked these men up and lured them to his place where they would eventually die. And he was a smooth talker, a decent-looking man. Like he, he was very smart. Like, he you could was. tell in the interview that he's very articulate. He's smart. He's calm. Yeah, he's not like. I don't, don't think anyone. Sense, you don't get the ever, sense of an aggressive, no. violent man. They. I don't think anyone ever would have looked at Jeffrey on the street before his arrest and thought. That man is a danger to society. He worked at a chocolate factory. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's Willy Wonka. Come on. If Willy Wonka... Ate people. Actually <laughs> assaulted and ate all the Oompa Loompas. Well, the Oompa Loompas had a very scary backstory in that Johnny Depp version. I'm just saying. <laughs> Before we get off topic, let's get into... Um, let's get into a timeline of yes. things that happened. So, June 1978... Dahmer kills his first victim. Dahmer said he was coming back from a shopping mall in 78, and he always had fantasies about picking up a hitchhiker and taking him back to the house and having complete dominance and control over him. Mm -hmm. Well, this hitchhiker that he found at this mall was 18-year-old Stephen Hicks. Dahmer took Hicks to his parents' house in Ohio, where he strangled and beat him with a barbell before dismembering the body and placing it in trash bags. Uh, Dahmer wouldn't murder again until 
1987, but some things happened in between that time. Oh, there were some crazy things that happened in between that time. Uh, I know he dropped out of college because he, he had an alcohol problem. Yes. Correct? He had an alcohol problem starting um, in either his freshman or sophomore year of high school that somehow his parents did not pick up on. Um, which just shows you how much attention he was getting in that household between both of his parents and his little brother at that time as well. Um, but between that, after dropping out of college, his dad actually said, hey, I want you to join the army. Right. I think this is going to be good for you. I think this is going to give you purpose. So Jeff went to the army, and he, he really went for it. Um, but he gets discharged because, oh, uh, again, alcohol. Yeah, he got discharged pretty quickly. Um, he, one of the funny things people did say that actually were in the army with him, he brought an entire bartending set with him when he was <laughs> deployed to Germany. Jesus. Yes. Um, so I think that really just shows you how important alcohol was in this man's day-to-day -day life. It was very important. He was making martinis on a base just for everybody. That's crazy. Who does that? He's just over there with his shaker, like, hey, how many olives? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? It, it's not normal. In the in the interview, um, Lily asked, like, why didn't you kill anyone while you were overseas or while you were in the military? Why did you wait so long? He just said there wasn't an opportune time to do this. Correct, or yeah. Even, or nor did he have a location to... Mm -hmm do this but the urge was always there. it was always there there was an alleged slash possible rape that happened while he was in the army i could see it um it is alleged that he did actually um overpower someone in the infirmary which is where he worked he was a medic um so huh. there was an wow yes okay so that yes. even makes a lot more i didn't know that that makes a lot oh, more sense yeah too. so he was a medic in the war um so i actually have it written down he was in he was a combat combat medic in West Germany, and while he was taking care of one of the infirmary patients, um, this this man has come out and said he was raped by Jeffrey Dahmer. It would make sense because the guy's in a, a state where he can't really defend exactly. himself, and Dahmer had control. Exactly, and it, it fits his MO. It fits it perfectly. Um, Dahmer was deceased by the time that statement came out, so we have never had a chance to hear if he would confess to it. Right. Um, Personally, I feel like maybe he doesn't even know that it was something he had done. He did confess to all of his crimes that he remembered, and he said his one of his first murders in Milwaukee, he did not remember, right, he but said, he knows he did it because he woke up next to the body. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like there could possibly be more victims, whether they're murder or just assault victims there out be. there, that he know. does not know about because of his alcohol problem. Right. So he was discharged mm -hmm. in September 1981. He returns home, and his parents are just like, ah, I don't know what to do with you. So they said, why don't you go live with, you're going to live with the grandmother, hoping that she would be able to kind of turn his life around. So uh, Dahmer's parents sent him to live with his grandmother in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. um, shortly later, August 1982, Dahmer's arrested already <laughs> yep. for indecently exposing himself at uh, Wisconsin State Fair Park. He was convicted and fined just $50. That's yes. It. Yeah, that was it. So now he has an arrest record starting. Yep. Then, in 1986, he's charged with disorderly conduct. He's arrested for masturbating in front of two boys. Mm -hmm. Dahmer told authorities he was merely urinating, um, but he was charged with disorderly conduct and was sentenced to one year of probation 
and to undergo counseling. Yes. So now he did something else. It's crazy how these arrests build, mm-hmm. and like no one put pieces together. Never. No one charged with anything worse to keep him off the streets. And I honestly feel that a lot of this, because if you see later on, we'll talk about how the cops did catch him with some of his future victims yeah. and released them. In that time, they just saw two gay men and were like, that's not my business. Right. You go do what you want to go do. And they closed the door and walked away because no one wanted to get involved in that. Right, and exactly. Mm-mm. Today, we would have caught that immediately. Oh, immediately. Oh, no one would have. There was a hole in the one kid's head. Like, and they exactly. they let him go. They yeah. were like, oh, that's well, that gay shit. Like, we'll, we'll get to that, though. Yeah. Um, and then in September 1987... Dahmer kills his next victim nine years after his first. Ghost Encounters Podcast is sponsored by the Eric Ledbetter team with Iron Valley Real Estate. Contact the Eric Ledbetter team for all your real estate needs. Visit theericledbetterteam.com. Also sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your competition with expert marketing, photography, and video production. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If you are enjoying the Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ghost Encounters PA. That's at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. His next victim was Stephen Tuomi. 24 years old. He took him back to his. Uh, ho- he took him back to a hotel room. Dahmer says he awoke following the morning to find Tuomi dead alongside his bed, and he said he had no recollection of this, but he knew it was him that pretty much beat him to death. Yeah, he, he beat his chest open essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Dahmer decided to place the body in a suitcase and transport this body to his grandmother's basement where a week later he dismembered it and placed it in the trash, except for the head, which he retained to for a further week before boiling it in uh, industrial detergent and bleach yep. and then eventually and then eventually destroying the brittle skull. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, October 1987, Dahmer lures another victim. He brought 14-year-old James Dockstader to the basement of his grandmother's house. He promised him $50 in exchange for posing for nude photos. After that, he drugged him, strangled him, and disposed of his body in a similar fashion as uh, Tuomi. Mm -hmm. In March 1988, Dahmer meets his next victim outside a gay bar. He met Richard Guerrero outside a Milwaukee gay bar, and Dahmer offered Guerrero $50 to return to his grandmother's house and spend the night with him. So here we have, again, Dahmer is wanting someone, wanting not to be alone, right? Yeah, even, it's just the companionship. He's even and, worth paying for it. Uh, he's hit the point where he does not care how he gets somebody. Mm-hmm. He just needs their undivided kind of attention, but not also really living. Right. In a sense. Um, when Guerrero got there, uh, Dahmer drugged him with sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. And then Dahmer strangled him and performed sexual acts on the corpse. Then the same year, September 1988, Dahmer's arrested for sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dahmer's grandmother became annoyed with him bringing men 
other men to her house late at night, and she said there were foul smells emitting from the basement. Um, so she told them to move out, and within days of getting a one-bedroom apartment, Dahmer was arrested and charged with second-degree sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. After luring 13-year-old Kaizen Synthasomphone back to his apartment where he drugged and molested the boy, but the boy escaped, taking the story to the police, Dahmer spent a week in jail before being released on bail. Did you know, while Dahmer was in jail, he was working at the chocolate factory, and he was able to leave work or leave jail to go work. On a work release. On a work release. And while he was living with his grandma, he had a wooden box with a lock on it in his closet that held the genitals of one of his victims in it. Prior to him moving out, his dad discovered the box and demanded that he open it, to which Dahmer refused profusely. Of course. So his father took the box down to the basement and took a hammer to it. But before he could crush the box open... Jeffrey said, okay, let me go get the key. He took the box, he put some gay porn in the box, and hid the genitalia back in his closet, and opened the box of gay porn in front of his father. And his father lost it. Well, imagine how much more he would have lost (laughs) it if he saw some dicks in the box. Honestly, it's my dick in a box! (laughs) So, while he was in jail, he still had that dick box in his work locker. He also said that he transported a head... Yep. Back and forth between work yep. and and home, kind of as like flaunting it. In a, yeah, he in didn't a want anyone to see it, but it was like the living on the edge of like, right. you don't know that I have somebody's head in That's my right. work locker. But I, that was probably one of the most jarring things I found out was that he was storing body parts in the locker at the chocolate factory. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Then in March 1989, Dahmer kills his fifth victim. Uh, aspiring model Anthony Sears, age 24, uh, met him uh, outside of a bar. Dahmer was fearing that his apartment was being watched by the police after the stuff that happened mm-hmm. with the uh, sexual assault of uh, Kaizen. So this one he actually brought back to his grandmother's basement, um, drugged him, and strangled him. But Dahmer took trophies, storing and preserving uh, his head and genitals, which, like you said, kept the genitals in a wooden box. Yes, and he did. And he stored the head in a bag that he transported back and forth between work and home. Dahmer uh, was sentenced to 12 months of jail time mm-hmm. and five years of probation for second-degree sexual assault. Uh, he was permitted on a work release, as you said, in order to keep his job at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory in Wisconsin. Uh, he was also required to register as a sex offender. Um, he was paroled from jail two months early, and then Dahmer rented an apartment at 924 North 25th Street in Milwaukee. Apartment 213. Apartment 213. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. So Milwaukee at the time was known for the show Happy Days. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a happy town. So when this came out, people were mortified and shocked. Oh, like, absolutely. This was, the worst, this was the absolute worst thing that those cops have ever seen. Oh, the worst thing. I mean, one of the detectives who went in and arrested him, said when he opened the refrigerator, there was a head with its eyes wide open and its tongue sticking out of its mouth. Yeah, there was nothing in the fridge but the head and condiments. Ketchup, mustard, relish. The freezer is where he kept all the muscles because he he was really into filleting his victims. Gotcha. Um, 
yeah, that was he liked the biceps and the triceps. Were yeah, his this favorite. apartment, this apartment has to be insanely haunted because it is torn lot. down. It's torn down. They tore down the entire building. I can imagine that. Very shortly after, um, I believe get, his you, death. You can't get rid of that smell. No. Um, and, you and, don't, and you don't want to taint well, it with the there was there was the murders. Here. There were all of the people that lived in that building during these crimes that had no idea. Um, if you've eaten recently, skip 15 seconds. But one of his neighbors said that he brought sandwiches to neighborhood events. And when they went into his refrigerator, there was nothing but human meat in there. So those neighbors potentially ate his victims as well. Jeez. And there is one neighbor who has spoken out only one or two times now that said she will never forgive him, no matter what, because she still to this day believes that she ate a sandwich made out of a human. Jesus. That's crazy. So yeah, they had to take that building down. It held a lot of really bad memories for not only the victims' any, families. Any idea what's there now, or is it just land? I'm not entirely sure. I, I think it's just a vacant lot, to be quite honest. They do um, they do ghost tours in Milwaukee that you can actually walk the path of a lot of the gay bars that he used to frequent oh, gotcha. and the area where the building used to be, and they give you those little, um, what are those sticks called? Dowsing rods. Yeah, the oh, dowsing rods. It's like the hokiest thing in the world, but you'll just see like a whole group of people walking around with the dowsing rods trying to find the victims. Dowsing rods are full of crap. Yep. <laughs> Use yep. Rods. So I personally would probably do the tour just to say I did the tour. Right. Just to see but the I'm telling you stuff. right now, you are not going to speak with Mr. Jeffrey or any of his victims on that tour. But you can say you did it. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. All right. Let's get back to the timeline. Yes. Um, in May 1990, shortly after his release, Dahmer kills again. Just months after being released from jail, Dahmer killed Raymond Smith, a 32-year-old prostitute. He offered $50 for sex. What's with him and $50? It's his Is go-to. Like, that's his go-to. He's like, listen, right. more than that, I just don't need to kill anyone yeah, tonight. It's, 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 just, it's like, it's, it's like, like all right, well, 50 has been working, so let's just keep staying. Exactly. He's like, this is my murder budget for the night. Thank you very much. This was the first uh, murder at the North 25th Street apartment. He drugged Smith, strangled him with his hands before taking Polaroid pictures of the corpse Mm -hmm. in suggestive poses. He dismembered the body in his bathroom. He boiled the remains, dissolving them in a container of acid, except for Smith's skull, which he kept in a cabinet alongside Sears' skull. Mm -hmm. When neighbors complained about the smell emitting from the apartment, Dahmer just told them that his refrigerator broke and he was waiting to get it fixed. Yep. He was smart and crafty to get people off his trail. You tell someone you got, like, a rotting meatloaf in your fridge, they'll be like, shit, okay, like... Yeah, but already people are... They're questioning things. Yeah. And no one is really doing... No law enforcement is really doing anything at this point. Not that they had grounds to, just for a smell, um, but decomp is a... It's a pretty distinct smell. Right. That, I'm just saying... Had a cop who had smelled decomp before they, been they near that apartment, they, they would have known yeah. what that smell was. Yeah. Skipping just a month, June 1990, Dahmer kills again. He killed 27-year-old Edward Smith. Dahmer attempted to retain the body by keeping it in a freezer for several months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the frozen corpse was, was eventually discarded. Dahmer told authorities he was upset that he did not get to keep any of Smith's body parts. At that time, he had just drawn up his sketch for the shrine that he had been um, planning on building that involved, I believe, two full skeletons and an entire 
array of skulls and various bones. Yeah, he said he told that in that interview. He said he was trying to uh, build an altar. Yes, altar. Yep, um, and, and it was not to commemorate um, the murders themselves. He said it was supposed to be, in his own sick way, a commemoration of all the people that are with him. Right, in a and, sense. A, and a place to kind of meditate and gather his thoughts, but pretty much only thinking about the sick thing that yeah, he did. Yeah. Then in September 1990, he claims two more victims. Ernest Miller, age 22, had his throat slashed after being promised money to join Dahmer at his apartment. Uh, a lack of sleeping pills forced Dahmer to change his method of killing. Uh, Dahmer kept parts of Miller's body to eat, something he was doing increasingly now as these killings went on. And uh, he painted and displayed Miller's head in his apartment. Yes, he did. He actually spoke out about being very upset that he had to slash his throat um, because it made a very big mess and he was not happy about it. Which... Oh, sorry for taking... Your murder got a little messy. Like, it's... Not like not like dismembering people in your your bathtub isn't quite that messy, but I guess this was probably on the sofa. So you yeah. know. Oh jeez. Uh, then three weeks later, Dahmer killed 22 year old David Thomas. Uh, Dahmer said actually he was not attracted to Thomas, but he still drugged and killed him anyway. Um, he didn't have any intention of keeping any parts because he wasn't attracted to him. Mm-hmm. In that interview, um, you know, the female interviewer was asking him was there a certain type of person and this and that and a large amount of his victims were African American but Dahmer just simply said he just went after people who he thought were incredibly attractive oh yeah and that's all it was I think my personal theory on why he um, he preyed on really people of color it was mainly uh, black men but I believe there were a few of other ethnicities as well was at the time the police didn't care If you had 13, 14-year-old boys of color that went missing in the bad part of Milwaukee, the cops are going to be like, okay, he ran away. No one batted an eye. It's fine. So, I mean, these, while he can say he didn't have, like, a set victim pool other than just being attractive, I think he subconsciously knew that he was choosing people that would not be looked for by the authorities. And it's interesting because most... um, rapists and sexual deviants and people like that mm-hmm. usually have like a set type or age range but yep. his age range is goes from like 14 to 37 exactly like it's not consistent you know? it was whoever was convenient and i mean he did ask a few questions here and there he chose people that he knew weren't super close with their family weren't gonna be oh no one was gonna be calling if they didn't show up in 24 hours like right chose people that he could get away with yeah he was definitely an intelligent person unfortunately like so intelligent you go and you go crazy it's it's sad that the crazy ones are the ones that are this smart because if he was a good person he probably could have done some really amazing things with the brain that he had then in february 1991 his 10th victim is murdered Dahmer picked up 17 year old curtis stratter at a bus stop offering him money in exchange for nude photos Dahmer drugged him strangled him took photos of him and uh, dismembered the body and kept body parts for cannibalism and trophies. Uh, in that interview, there's a quote here. It says, uh, Dahmer said eating his victims was a compulsion, a way of, in his words, making me feel they were a part of me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this victim was very, um, it's a very sad situation for this one. Not that they aren't all 
this man was um, on hard times trying to get money to feed his family, and he wasn't even gay. He wasn't attracted to men. He just did this because he wanted money to take home to his family. Right. And his family lost their dad instead. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, Dahmer knew people would do a lot of things for money. Yeah, they will. Uh, and I believe um, the next one, the next murder, April 1991, was the first time Dahmer tried to induce a zombie-like state. Yes. Uh, he drugged 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. Dahmer drilled a hole in his skull into which he poured hydrochloric acid in an attempt to produce, like I said, what Dahmer said, a zombie-like state. Yeah. Um, Lindsay regained consciousness before Dahmer drugged him further and then strangled him and filleted the corpse mm -hmm. with the intention of containing Lindsay's skin. I don't have the date here, but his next victim was a uh, 31-year-old, Anthony Hughes. Mm -hmm. I don't have much on Anthony. I have what happens on the next person. Okay. What do you have on Anthony Hughes? Anthony was pretty interesting. Um, so Anthony so um, Anthony Hughes, who went by Tony, was actually a deaf mute. Um, so oh, he, well, there's an easy victim. Yeah, like I said previously, um, Jeffrey really did take advantage of who he was around, and he would choose whoever was the easiest for um, him to unfortunately take back to his home um things didn't go over too well there was a slight argument um once he kind of realized what was going on in the apartment tony was able to sense that there was something that wasn't quite right mm -hmm. um but jeffrey had already drugged him at that point and strangled him and dismembered his body afterwards jeez well he, there were polaroids involved right. as well he, he wasn't now before the next victim he wasn't dismembered yet not just yet, because he was in because the bedroom. He lured 14-year-old Conorak Synthasm phone to his North 25th Street apartment. Now there's that name again. Now remember, we had Kaizen, who Jeffrey was uh, arrested and charged for because he drugged and molested the boy. This kid is his brother. Yeah, it's his brother. Which now is... Dahmer had no idea at the time. He had no idea mm -hmm. the connection between these two. But now this guy has tormented two brothers. From the exact same family. How That's do you cope crazy. with that? But when he brought uh, Conorak to his uh, apartment, Anthony Hughes was dead, but still intact on was. the bedroom floor. He photographed uh, Conorak, drugged him, and again tried to render him into uh, a zombie-like state mm -hmm. by again drilling a hole into his skull and inserting hydrochloric acid again. Yep. Um, he left the drugged... Conorak alongside Hughes mm -hmm. and Dahmer left for a little while. When he returned to his apartment, he found uh, the groggy uh, Conorak sitting outside the apartment building with three women huddled around him. And Dahmer was just saying, "Hey, he's just my friends, and yeah. you know, let, hey, let's get back to the apartment." And those women refused because they knew something was wrong. I mean, there must have been blood. So they they actually spoke out recently. One of the women and Did said they? there was. He left the drugged Conorak alongside Hughes, mm -hmm. and Dahmer left for a little while. When he returned to his apartment, he found uh, the groggy uh, Conorak sitting outside the apartment building with three women huddled around him. And Dahmer was just saying, hey, he's just my friend, and, yeah. you know, let, hey, let's get back to the apartment. And those women refused because they knew something was wrong. I mean, there must have been blood So they, they actually spoke out recently, one of the women, and Did said they? there was trigger warning 
there was blood dripping down his uh, the back of his legs. There was blood coming out of his head. Um, there was clear marks all over his body that he had been abused. But they said um, he was completely naked while he was outside. And they, yeah. they said once they saw that he was bleeding rectally is when they knew that there was a serious, serious problem. They didn't even notice a hole in his head at that point. So... When I say drill a hole in his head, he didn't drill. He didn't get like a large drill no. bit to drill a hole. It was no. just a very tiny hole, big enough for him to drop a couple drops of acid. Exactly. Or water. So it wasn't something that was super obvious. A lot of people think that you know Conorak left this house with like a half a inch gaping, hole right. in no, his forehead it, or something. A very very it tiny was, drill bit. If I'm not cur- if I'm not correct, someone please say so. But I believe it was closer to the hairline, so it was a little bit easier. He didn't want his victims to have a gaping hole no. in their head. He was not. interested in organs, yes, but not not brain stuff. Um, right. he, he just wanted zombies. And the, the woman's like, no, and the cops are Absolutely here. Not. This is yeah. not okay. The cops did show up, and he was kind of just very calmly telling the cops, oh, he's... He's nine, my boyfriend. He's Don't 19. Worry. He's my boyfriend. We just had a dispute. We're both drunk. And, uh, and he actually invited them into the apartment, mm-hmm. and they did notice a strange odor. But like I said, these cops at times, they never smelled a dying body before. No, and he also told them that he had a fish that died recently. <laughs> so, there, oh yeah, there's a smell of fish. The, but know? the decomp smell. He blamed it on a dead thing because he knew if they were yeah. police and they knew what that smell was, they mm-hmm. could question it. He said, oh no, I had a fish. I was on vacation. It died while I was gone. It was rotting in the apartment. The cops were just like, okay, a little dis- domestic dispute, whatever. We're not getting involved. Because cops really don't like get like to get involved in domestic disputes. Absolutely even not. today. No. You know, and he got away with it. This kid almost escapes. He probably would have been somewhat brain dead, but he almost escaped. Yeah. But Dumber got him back in. He and did. What did he do? He dismembered him and the other guy's body and kept both of their skulls. He tried to perform a second lobotomy on him too. After that, he was like uh, he still was not done with Conorak at that point. Okay. Um, he did try a second lobotomy that he died almost instantly from. And he dismembered them both right then and there. Um, but it is just mind-boggling to me because not only was um, the other victim's body in there, all of the Polaroids of the yeah. decomposing and deconstructed bodies of his previous victims yeah. were all just laying around. He's very close to getting caught. If they would have walked into his bedroom, he would have been done. Oh yeah. Then in June 1991, Dahmer actually meets a victim in Chicago, mm-hmm. not Milwaukee. Uh, 20-year-old Matthew Turner. Uh, he persuaded him to travel to Milwaukee for a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And once again, so this boy travels from Chicago to Milwaukee, promising a, oh, I'm gonna do a photo shoot for you and this and yeah. that. And once again, Elmer drugged him, strangled him, dismembered him, kept the head and some internal organs in bags in his freezer. He was that persuasive and that smart and that charming that he persuaded a 20-year-old to go from Chicago to Milwaukee for a photo shoot. Again, money. People do just about anything for money. And he knew that. Yeah. Then July 7th to July 19th, 1991, three more victims were killed. Uh, Dahmer chose another victim from Chicago. He promised Jeremiah Weinberger, age 20, a weekend away at his apartment in Milwaukee. Dahmer didn't do the murder until... um, the day after mm-hmm. uh, the arrival. Weinberger voiced his intention to leave, and of course, Dahmer doesn't, doesn't want him to leave. Um, so I don't have too much on um, Jeremiah. What else did he do to Jeremiah? Jeffrey described Jeremiah as a very affectionate person in the bar. He was giving me 
blowjobs right in the bar and everything he said with a surprise in his voice. So, I mean, he really did pick up men that he knew would be very easy for him to persuade back. They right. hit it right off the bat wherever they met. Everyone's going to trust you if you're already hooking up in a bar. Right. Like, come on back with me. Right. Everything. This guy obviously was attracted to him. So exactly. So when Dahmer offers him a weekend at his place, the guy's like, fuck yeah. Yep. So they stayed um, until about 3.45 a.m. and hit. they got hit with last call had to go home, which is when they ended up uh, taking a bus home together. And it, it really went downhill from there. Um, when they got home, they embraced and had oral sex, which after Dahmer prepared him a treacherous mixture of drink and of a drink with sleeping pills. Um, I wanted to see if I could find a way of keeping him with me without actually killing him, which was always his motive. So it always. sounds like at this point he was trying to see if he could induce a coma with the sleeping pills in right. the alcohol at this point to see if maybe that would do anything. Um, it ultimately didn't work, and he right. was strangled, and he was then... It was, it was a mess. Um, so he squirted boiling water into his brain and performed a lobotomy on him as well, just like the last few. He woke up at the end of the day um, and the next morning, and he was pretty groggy. So he did survive a few hours after having this lobotomy performed on him. Yeah. Which I... Could you even imagine being awake but not... Like, if something touches your brain, you're done for. How, much. What kind of a state is this human being? Is he in fear? Does he know what's going on? Or is he just seeing a room? Who knows? That is we terrifying. That These last moments are absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you wake up with a headache. I mean, I, I would assume your brain probably hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it, it has to. Um, he talked and he was a little dazed. And I thought I would be able to keep him that way. He really did. Um, so Jeff says, uh, Jeff took a shower and brought Jeremiah with him. He said nothing about his head. There was no blood or liquid effusion of any kind. Um, he was up for about six hours, just sleepy and indecisive, and he made no effort to leave the apartment. Of course, he did not know what had happened to him. So at this point, he didn't use acid on the lobotomy. It was just the water, which is why it seemed like it was kind of working a little bit. But the man clearly did not know what was fully going on. Right. Um, and then at the end of the second day, he was still walking around, so I gave him another dose of pills and another shot of boiling water in the, in the same hole. He left Jeremiah lying on the bed. The next morning, he returned to find him dead. He had fallen off the bed and was lying on the floor with his eyes wide open. I actually didn't know any of that. That was just a quick quick thing I found. That's crazy. It's unfortunate, um, but if you search his victims by name, you can find out a lot more a information lot, yeah. than you will find out just reading an overview unlike, of Jeffrey. Because unlike other serial killers, Domino was just very open with what he did. He, he was. was caught, um, so he just... Which I think is a good thing as far as being a serial killer to I at mean, least kind of give an idea of what you did and... So people can kind of get... In, so cops can get an idea of these are people that are out there. These are things we need to look out for. Right. And families, I mean, it's... Families do want to know what happened. It's sad. I mean... It's awful, but... As much as you don't... Closure. You don't want to know what happened, but you need to know what yeah. happened. Which is unfortunate. It's crazy. Well, we have two more left. Yes, we do. Uh, days after uh, this one... Um, just days after this, uh, Oliver Lacey agreed to uh, pose for nude pictures uh, for Dahmer. Went back to his apartment where Lacey was drugged. Um, this time he was administered chloroform over the course of a day in an attempt to render him alive but unconscious. Again, so now he's trying chloroform 
to do this. Um, eventually, uh, Dahmer strangles Lacey, had sex with the corpse, and stored the head and heart in the refrigerator and the skeleton in a freezer. And then four days after murdering Lacey, uh, Dahmer was fired from his job. The same day, Dahmer Lord Joseph Brandoff, age 25, to his apartment, strangled him and laying the body on the bed where it remained for two days. And then he placed Brandoff's head in the refrigerator. Yep. So the reason he gets caught on July 2nd, 1991, is because Tracy Edwards, age 32, escaped from Dahmer's apartment. With a handcuff on. With a handcuff on. And flagged down police officers and told them that this quote-unquote freak had placed handcuffs on him and that uh, he spent the better part of the evening trying to escape mm-hmm. uh, where he was being held captive and Dahmer pretty much was telling this guy everything that he was going to do to him. Oh yeah, he like straight up was had his head on his chest and was like, I'm going to eat your heart out. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's supposed to be a figurative speech, but... But it wasn't and Tracy no. told all this in court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sat there and said it all. And this guy... Uh, Tracy, I mean, he was a little bit older than some of the other victims. He was 32. Mm-hmm. But Tracy, he saw boxes of uh, the hydrochloric acid. There's this awful smell in the apartment, so he knew something was wrong. Um, he eventually, uh, and Tom were trying to get, telling him, oh, I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Yeah. You know, well, no, you're not. Um, Tracy eventually uh, punched Dahmer in the face um, and then fled and flagged down the police car. Um, and then police came to his apartment, Dahmer... Just invited them in. Yeah, he. oh, he thought he was going to smooth it all over, just like he did with Conrack. Right. He, he was had, like, hey, can I get you a drink? Like, what right. are you... Like, he just confessed, oh, yeah, I, I put the handcuffs on him, the keys are on my nightstand. Um, you know, so again, he was probably trying to explain, oh, you know, we were just about to have we're sex. We're just and, being gay. And you know, he was really hoping um, that the cops would just be like, nope, right, that's fine. Right. Do that. And, uh, but, one of the officers noticed a partially open drawer on the other nightstand filled with Polaroid pictures of numerous bodies and different states of dismemberment. The cops shouted to their cop, cuff him. Yep, he tried to book it out the door, and they got him, and as soon as they got the cuffs on him, he was like, so who do I talk to? He didn't even hesitate at that point. He was like, all right. He did it. When he was was caught, he was pretty much just like, well, I'm caught. He he probably knew eventually this was going to happen. I think he had, like, the split-second reaction of, shit, got a blast, like, got to get out of here, and then he was just like, they saw the pictures. Like, what are you going to do? They're already in my house. I'm arrested. I got dicks in boxes. I got heads in closets. Like, there's no getting out of this. Exactly. And so Dahmer described pretty much everything he did to each of his victims. He did, yeah. He he gave it all up. Um, I don't want to say I respect him for that because there's no respect for Jeffrey Dahmer. He is an absolute heinous monster who... He deserved the death he got, um, and it's, it's disgusting what he did. But he did owe that to the victims' families so that they could have the closure <laughs> and move on and they don't have to sit there and wonder what happened to their babies every single day. Exactly. As hard as it may be to know what happened... Close yeah. the chapter, and you can actually grieve at that point. Yeah, um, but in court, uh, Dahmer actually pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, and I honestly believe he wasn't sane. I fully believe there was mental health issues oh there. A, a, a sane person does not do that. A sane person does not believe eating somebody is going to keep them with you. Um, I personally feel like he should have been in a mental institution. 
I feel like there may have been split personality situations going on there. I'm obviously not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, so I don't know. But, but the um, way yeah. that he did flip back and forth between these personas, it was more than just skillful. Yeah. I mean, he had a year of practice. He did. Uh, so he was actually tried in both Wisconsin and Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, in the year 1992 and was convicted of uh, killing all these young men and sentenced to 16 life terms. Yes. Dahmer did not spend that long in jail. No. Dahmer made a friend in jail who he would laugh with often Mm -hmm. about things that they did. Um, The guy that murdered Dahmer in jail was named Christopher Scarver and Christopher actually was telling people accounts where Dahmer would carve body parts out of the food yeah. and put ketchup on it as blood to yeah. taunt the other inmates. Which is what makes me think that there may have been some serious split personality there because then other times you look at him and he seems like he really is sorry and disgusted in what he did mm-hmm. but then other times he's poking fun at it. I think that seems a little crazy to me. Yeah, I think this like he had a friend to talk to about yeah. it so I think he kind of just... He went with it because yeah. he felt like he was safe. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, Christopher Scarver was disgusted by what he did. He confronted yeah. uh, Dahmer and said, hey, did you actually do these things? And Dahmer was quickly looking through the door. And how did, how did he murder Dahmer? Uh, he, he got a weight to the head, just like his first victim, Stephen Hicks, did. So, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer uh, took his first victim out of this world with a dumbbell or a barbell. And Jeffrey Dahmer was taken out of this world also with a dumbbell or a barbell. So, it... It, poetic justice, if yeah. nothing, right there. And Christopher Scarver admitted to murdering Jeffrey Dahmer. He oh, no remorse. He, he had. He got another life sentence. And he didn't he, care. He pretty much said. That's fine. The world is not going to miss a person like Jeffrey Dahmer. No. Which they won't. No. Uh, so that's the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. The people um, nommer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, the people nommer. Yeah. A.K.A. the Milwaukee Cannibal. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Stay spooky. And let's just try not to kill anyone. That's really my only advice for you guys. Oh! <laughs>